I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Tuesday and Thursday by my main man, Donnie Droon. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we're talking about how Deontay Johnson isn't getting paid. And on top of that, while we might not share the same opinion, a former Steelers linebacker has words to say about Kenny Pickett and the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback situation. Donnie, it's been raining all day, of course, because I washed the truck yesterday, obviously. Typical. Yeah. How are you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling great. Uh, if anybody notices, I slammed my finger into my car door over the weekend. <laughs> um, so if – you guys see something black and blue on the screen. It's probably my finger. Uh, 10 out of 10 do not recommend being a moron like I was. So That's uh, that's impressive. How would you slam your finger in your door? Wasn't even paying attention. I, I usually like to uh, – I, like, got out of the car, right, and I was, like, closing the door behind me talking to somebody and just shut it behind me. And, like, the, the car door fully closed in on my finger, too. It wasn't like it, like – caught on the way in like it fully shut with my finger inside of it top five worst pain i've ever been in wow that's terrible you always gotta wonder how that doesn't like rip fingers off dude it started like gushing blood everywhere it was crazy dude yeah all right awesome yeah. fantastic well i guess it could be worse than washing your car yesterday and it raining today so shout out <laughs> to that thank you everybody for jumping on to all steelers talk donnie Let's talk Deontay Johnson. Mm -hmm. According to Mark Boley of The Athletic, he doesn't believe Deontay Johnson's going to get paid $20 million plus per season by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He answered that in his weekly mailbag or his most recent mailbag. Then on top of that, Bleacher Report tosses out a trade speculation to send Deontay to Dallas for a second-round pick. Let's start with Mm Caboli. Says that he doesn't believe he's getting paid $20 million but he will get paid much more elsewhere next offseason. Do you think that's all starting to come to fruition here? No, I still think it's really early in the offseason um, to kind of make declarations like that. But then again, I feel like Capoli, if anybody has like a grip on what's going on within the Steelers organization, you'll be hard-pressed to find 
people, I guess, more plugged in than he is. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a very likable guy. Like, I know a lot of Steeler fans don't like him for whatever reason. Um, a, a lot of people tend to, like, throw some hate his way. But, like, I, I, I met him at the NFL Combine. He was phenomenal. Like, I, I wish I could follow that dude around with a GoPro for my entire <laughs> life. Like, like I mean, he, he's a walking enigma, bro. I do tend to follow Kaboli around pretty much every single day. Just So, if, if anybody has a solid idea of what the Steelers are going to do. I feel like it's probably going to be him among some other uh, prominent journalists in the Pittsburgh area. If Kaboli says it, normally I like to take that word to the grave. Um, so for the Steelers to reportedly not be wanting to pay him $20 million a year, um, I certainly buy it. And we've had this conversation plenty of times, you know, earlier in the offseason. Will they or will they not? Should they or should they not? Um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you made me make a bold prediction that I said that they will reach a deal with Deontay before the season starts. That very well couldn't happen. I mean, it, it, if a plugged in guy like him says Deontay isn't going to get 20 million from the Steelers, I would tend to believe that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that it's something we were all talking about. I don't think it's changed much of the narrative because... I don't think that anybody at any point said the Steelers were going to pay him 20 plus million. They should, but, and he's going to get 20 plus. Like, there's no way Deontay's hanging out for $16 million a year. It's, it's just not happening. Not with, I could see one thing if it was Ben, you know, if it was Ben Roethlisberger and he had eight more years left and you were looking at it like, yeah, we could win two more Super Bowls here and I could be a par- part of this. Maybe you're taking 17, $18 million. But for Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, you're not taking $17, $18 million when chances are you could go somewhere else and get 22 because even a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, Deontay Johnson and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's not like the Chiefs got rid of Tyree Kill because they didn't want to offer him a boatload of money. He just wanted out of there. I don't know why, but he just wanted well, no, out. He, he, he did want a boatload of money, and the Chiefs were like, yeah, we're cool. Yeah, but they offered he, him. A he wanted, he wa- they didn't offer him thirty million dollars, but they offered him a boatload of money. Didn't well, they? Well, offer he him wanted to make him the highest paid That's a problem. Yeah, I know. But if Deontay wants twenty two, and they were willing to offer twenty eight, twenty two is a discount for a great receiver, not Tyree Kill, obviously. But- How far away do you think these guys are on a potential contract extension? Like the the Steelers and Deontay, like. Do you think it's like drastic amounts or do you think this is probably just a game of like who's going to budge first between Deontay's camp and the Steelers front office? I don't know. That's tough because I want to say the number that I've thought this entire time for the Pittsburgh Steelers is $18 million. That's how I've looked at it the whole time. I think the Steelers are going to stick at 18 and I don't think they're going to go over. 18 is a good number in my head. It keeps you – just outside the top 15, just below 20 million. It's a very reasonable wide receiver market. I don't know if Deontay is going to take 18, though. Because if you're Deontay Johnson at this point, you're looking at it going, next year I can make 25. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to make 20. I can make 25 a year and probably get a boatload of guaranteed money if I leave the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think that's want like that that he wants that to happen he'd rather that be in pittsburgh but financially i don't know i i would say that it's growing i would i would predict that it's growing more distant than closer as the market continues to rise see i'm very pro player whenever it comes to these kind of things so like deontay 
Deontay's not holding out. Like, like he's yeah. done nothing malicious towards the team. Um, like, nothing of that nature. Like, he's going to play this year under whatever contract he's on, whether it's a new one or his current one. Um, next offseason, obviously, is going to be a different story. But, like, if you're this young and you have the opportunity to make as much money as possible, go make as much money as possible. I do not fault him or pretty much any other player in the NFL for trying to get as much dough as he possibly can because it can all be gone tomorrow. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah. Look, at, if you have an opportunity to make $25 million next season, go make $25 million next season. If it was me, if it was you, if it was anybody else, nobody, nobody be sitting around going, ah, man, I don't know, dude, the team that drafted me, they're going to give me 18. Got to take that home. Dis-. Like, no, I'm going to get $25 million. If it's a team yeah. that's competitive, that keeps me in the realm of a possibility for a Super Bowl, which the Steelers don't have that right now, I'm taking the money. It, easy. Like for almost sure. every single time. So I don't think that's. I don't know. I, I think anybody who's looking at it differently than that is not. If this was like a Packers situation to where like, hey, one last dance, we're running the back. Let's go make a push for a that's Super Bowl. If it was, that's sure. what I mean. If it was Ben, that's like a different story. But you're walking into this season and everybody and their mother saying, oh, the Steelers are going to stink. I don't believe the Steelers are going to stink. But you have so many question marks that that's, that's, a, that's a possibility. And if you stink this season and Deontay doesn't sign, but he has a great season, what's keeping him around? Not a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah you know, not a winning football team. Well, let's also look at it from a Steelers perspective as well because you have Chase Claypool, who you are hoping yeah. kind of is able to uh, capitalize on his potential. You have um, George Pickens, who looks you phenomenal from, from the well. early reports we saw from OTA so hopefully he could be something and then Calvin Austin too on top of a couple of other handful of receivers um, some people think can emerge in training camp if you're operating with that receiving core does Deontay deserve 20 million yeah sure he deserves 20 million but I mean as an organization would you feel inclined to pay him that money if you already have a solid couple other receivers on the roster I don't agree with the standpoint but I I do understand from running a football team how paying Deontay Johnson more than 20 million dollars per year wouldn't exactly be the most enticing option for you yeah and we've talked at like every single angle of this a hundred times but I said this the other day in in a to-go episode Chase Claypool is the biggest factor because he obviously has the most upside in Pittsburgh. There's nobody in Pittsburgh. I guess now George Pickens could be considered that guy, but Chase Claypool has the upside of any wide receiver in the NFL. Whereas Deontay's upside is, is limited. You know, he could be a great wide receiver. I truly believe he could be one of the best wide receivers in football in a couple of years. Chase has the potential to be the best wide receiver in football. He's built like the best. He's got all the physical attributes. The whole nine. You're taking a huge risk, a huge, huge risk to say Chase Claypool is our guy because if he stinks this season and he isn't your guy and Deontay Johnson has an incredible year, what if Deontay Johnson becomes Stefan Diggs this season, which isn't out of the realm of possibilities? What if he becomes Stefan Diggs this season and you waited because you wanted to see what Chase Claypool turned into, and Chase Claypool did nothing impressive. Now you're sitting around thinking, wow, we have to get Deontay Johnson locked in, and your options are either to pay him $25 million or move on, because Deontay's 
going to be worth $25 million. Again, it's so many what ifs. Like at this point, yeah. it's so many what ifs. But there is the big question of whether or not we believe that's starting to come to fruition. I think to a little bit it, it is. But I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I don't know. When it comes to Bleacher Report tossing a second-round pick out there to the Dallas Cowboys, are you if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, are you comfortable taking a second round pick? And does it make any sense, any sense to even acknowledge a trade possibility with Deontay Johnson? Right now, no, not at all. After season, certainly, um, but I mean, you're getting to real kind of murky territory with him, like getting ready to hit free agency. My thing is, you don't draft a guy like Deontay Johnson build him up and kind of watch him grow into the dynamic receiver he can be to ship him away and then hope you find another Deontay Johnson. Like the the draft is such a crapshoot year in and year out. And I get like the Steelers have drafted a bunch of great receivers in their history. They've also missed on a couple guys too. Like, let's not act like every pass catcher from Drew Archer to Dallas Baker. And you can even bring up James Washington um, as another example, like those guys didn't exactly live up to their billing. And I'm sure there's more that I'm forgetting of on top of my head. Lima Swede. Uh, yeah. A lot of people remember Lima Swede. So for every Deontay Johnson, they find as in like, like a diamond in the rough. There's also a couple of those other guys that they find. And that, that's it. That's not like the Steelers fault. It's, that's just how the NFL draft works. You hit some and you don't hit others. Why get rid of, of Deontay Johnson and hope you can find his replacement if you already have a capable receiver like him. And it, it just makes no sense. But I do like how we're tying this together, though, because if you're the Steelers and you, you do not plan on bringing him back, if you can find a way to, say, lock him in for another season, I, I'm not sure uh, what the cap looks like if you franchise tag him next year. I'm not sure what the trade possibilities look like. But, I mean, if you don't plan on keeping him long-term, you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. I I think everybody kind of already has accepted that, barring just crazy run from whoever plays a quarterback. Second-round pick for Deontay Johnson, I feel like is very, very good value. Yeah, I don't know what the cap hit would look like. I I guess they could pull that off next season to tag and trade. That's their only like you can't walk into this season saying we could walk in without Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Like you just can't. You can't do that. You know, unless you're just 
pulling a whole rebuild and saying, okay, this is, this is the year we fix everything. And then next year we'll be good. Unless that's the option. You can Deontay Johnson's still your best wide receiver by a, a mile. Oh, and, for sure. you know, you can't just because there's all this going around and there's all these headlines doesn't mean that he can't be your number one receiver walking into the season. Even if he makes $3 million this year, he's still your number one guy. Well, I, I, I like what you said like earlier, like in the in the offseason. The Steelers don't rebuild. They are not interested in taking a down year to kind of get their stuff together and load up on draft picks or you know, whatever the Jaguars might be doing at this particular time. They're invested in winning. And Deontay Johnson on their football team gives them the best chance of winning. Yeah. Easy. But but if they were to shop him, I feel like a second round pick to a team outside of the AFC conference, you could do a lot worse than that. Do you think you could get a first round for Deontay Johnson? No. No? No. No. I, I I don't think I don't think Deontay has yet put up the numbers and kind of like the the eye popping wow. Like th- this guy is a bona fide no doubts left playmaker at the wide receiver position that and like wide receivers aren't like super crazy valued. Yeah. Like, but this like, off season they've been Everybody well in terms of contracts. Yeah. But like whenever never like trading for them. No. Devontae Adams, Tyree kill. I know that's a whole other category. I get that's that. a whole dude. That's a stratosphere. Do you think that Terry? Yeah. But their trades were wild. Like it was way more than a first round pick. Do you think that Terry McLaurin would go for a first round pick? No, I don't think so. But I will say, for whatever reason, because last week we compared their numbers, and I mean, they had very, very identical resumes. There seems to be like a uh, such like a brighter light shown on Terry McLaurin whenever like That's national I mean, yeah. people talk about him. Like, dude, people love Terry McLaurin, and like I get it. I love Terry McLaurin too. He's a phenomenal football player. But for whatever reason, whenever you talk about Deontay Johnson on the national level. The drops get brought up, the mental mishaps get brought up, and it's like, okay, well, I get it, but at the same time, like, if he has all of this stuff going on and he's putting up pretty similar numbers to Terry McLaurin, some stats are better than others compared to McLaurin whenever you look at them, actually. If he could just fix whatever's going on, get rid of the drop issues, I mean, he'll he'll be solid. He'll yeah. be phenomenal. I don't understand where that came from. I want to say part of it is like the same, like the TJ Watt effect where nobody paid attention to the Steelers because they just weren't doing anything exciting. So everybody just kind of, eh. and then the year before Deontay had the drop issues and they actually were exciting. So that's all they remember. I don't know how many people watched Steelers games last season, but everybody in Steelers nation understands the value of Deontay Johnson. Half of them don't want to give him that value which is a fine argument, but they understand what his value is. I just think it's just the national – dude, the national media when it comes to the Steelers is rough. Oh, for rough. sure. Might be for the worst sure. out there. All right, let's talk Kenny Pickett and a former Steelers linebacker. See your opinion on that one. But first, a word from our boys at Manscaped. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got Bush? You definitely do. If you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you will have the best-kept nutsack in the cul-de-sac. 
save big, and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code all Steelers for 20% off plus free shipping. Whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just in need for a safe trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. The grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a Bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. No need for night vision goggles. This trimmer has an LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. It's basic landscaping. When you trim the hedges, the tree stands taller. Second best tool in the performance package is the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure your nasty nose pubes are under control. Instantly add some pep in your step with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Spray-On Testy Toner. With a performance package purchase, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. They have a bunch of other products on their website to help you maximize your confidence and grooming game. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. Kate Bush may be trending at the moment, but your bush needs some help. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code ALLSTEALERS. It's time to level up your level up from the Amazon to the Amadong with the ultimate bushwhacking <laughs> tools from Manscaped. Got gotcha on that one, huh? Right at the end. They always get um, you right at the end. Real talk. Who's Kate Bush? Fellas, fellas, do not mow the lawn in the dark. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't yeah, you're do it. you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Why, Kate Bush? Are we? Oh, Stranger Things. Gotcha. I was like, Bro, I heard that's Kate a phenomenal Bush? show. Never watched it. I'm on season two. It is impeccable. Is it it's really good. The problem is that my fiance just finished, and I I I had to avoid contact at all costs. And I'm three seasons. Are behind. you a couple that does not watch shows together? We watch some shows together, but I jumped in on Stranger Things late. You want to know a show we get real into together that just dropped a new season? Hmm. Alone. It's about these people that they just toss in the Arctic for 50 days to go win $500,000. They got to film it themselves and everything. It's crazy. It's amazing. I would die instantly. Is there a previous season of that? Because I've watched like a similar yeah. series on Netflix. I think it's like season eight or something. It's 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 so good. Dude. You get so sure. emotionally attached. Yeah. No, we do watch shows together. This one I was just laid on, but I'll catch up. Everybody talks about it. I was actually on the fan the other day, and they were like, you watching Stranger Things? I was like, oh, yeah, dude, just finished. Lied to everybody, but <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, let's talk some Kenny Pickett here. Over the weekend, or I guess it was on the 4th of July, former Steelers linebacker James Ferrier commented below a tweet from the very own Mark Caboli about Kenny Pickett. Kaboli goes, it was obviously the, the meme of what's his name from ESPN. Brian Windhorst. That guy. 
Why did Kenny Pickett take nothing but third string, third team snaps at OTAs? Shrug guy. James Ferrier, he's a third team QB. We have different opinions on this. I'm going to let you go first because I would like to see how you view the words of James Ferrier. Yeah, man, I don't think he meant anything like menacingly by this. I don't I don't even think that's a word what I just said menacing. Menacing. Yeah, maybe. Is it? I don't know. Um I I don't think there was no like foul intentions with that. I I just think he was saying for the meantime right now he's a third string quarterback because he's behind Mitch Trubisky and he's behind Mason Rudolph in the pecking quarter. Um James Ferrier is a veteran in the NFL. He played many many years in the league, many of those with the Steelers after I believe he was undrafted. Right, and then he played for Detroit for a little bit. Yep. Um, I have to brush up on my history after this, but played a long time. Knows what it takes to play in the league for a very long time. And a lot of those NFL guys are like, "Hey, man, like, just because you were drafted in the first round, just because you play quarterback, does not mean you're an immediate starter. It does not mean you're an impact play right away. You have to earn your stripes." He was a first round pick, actually. <laughs> was he, dude? No shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, to the Jets. <laughs> For the Jets, for the Jets dude, close. I am all over the place today, bro. Yeah, yeah, close. Wow. Um, I don't think there was – I think he was just calling it like it was. I don't think he was saying Kenny Pickett was trash. I don't think he was saying Kenny Pickett is this garbage quarterback the Steelers shouldn't have taken. I think he was pointing out, hey, bro, at this moment in time, you're a third-string quarterback behind Trubisky and Rudolph. You need to go out and you need to prove that you are not. Okay. I respect, look at, I, I, I get every word of that. I can't, I don't want to say disagree, but I see where you're coming from. I took it clearly as James Ferrier is not a big fan of Kenny Pickett. There's little context behind that. Obviously. I just, I, it's the explanation point, you know, it's the explanation point. He's a third team QB. Like, I think that if it was another like, what if this was Ben? What if Ben was taking third string? Would there, would like, you know, would somebody be like, he's a third string QB until proven otherwise? No, probably not. They'd be like, well, he was, you know, he was like the 11th pick in the draft. 20th? Pick it. Yeah, pick it was still a first round pick. He was. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. I feel like I feel like Pickett doesn't get the first round respect that a lot of quarterbacks get because this quarterback class was terrible. I'll acknowledge mm-hmm. that. A lot of questions, but I I I took it as James Ferrier is is part of the group that says Ken Pickett ain't it, man. And I don't know what we're doing here because Kenny Pickett ain't it. And I think a lot of people felt that way. I think a lot of people. I, I, I have no that. doubt a lot of people read that tweet and was like, okay, I get it. Cheers. Like, like you get it as in. I, I understand how people would perceive that tweet. I just personally, I I just saw it. And I'm like, all right, cool. That's an NFL veteran being a cold blooded, you know what? <laughs> See, but I get kid? that. That didn't pop in my head at first. That hasn't popped in my head until you said that, actually. So I understand where you're coming from. Maybe that is what he meant by it. I still don't. I mean, dude, you could toss Chris Oladokun out there and remove Kenny Pickett, and I'm still going to be like, he's a second-string quarterback, man. I don't know why Mason Rudolph's even still around. What are we doing here? 
what are we even talking about? I just, I just, I don't know. In my head, Mason Rudolph hasn't proven nothing. Donald's I think got Donald is correct. Donald Tommy Maddox correct. got hurt week two against the Ravens. Week one. No, week one they won against the Raiders off a game-winning field goal, I believe. No. Week two, week, week one, two they, they were in Baltimore. To the Patriots. In 2004? No, because they, they beat the Patriots later that year in 04. That was part of Ben's undefeated run in the regular season. No, I don't believe they, that. They, I, I bet you $100 right now they beat the Patriots on Halloween in 2004. <laughs> when was that? 2004? The 2004 regular season. Right. Week one was the Raiders and week two was the Ravens. Did you already look it up? No, I just like grew up worshiping big men. <laughs> you you are correct there. Not on Halloween, but you are correct. Maybe on Halloween. Maybe on Halloween. Yep, on Halloween. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, they did lose to Baltimore. Good thing we didn't shake on that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's a so like but would he be tweeting that same thing? And just for dude, Donald knows his stuff, man. Um just people jumping in late. James Ferry tweeted out a little something about Kenny Pickett, he's a third string QB after Kaboli tweeted this. Take it from two different sides. It is what it is. All right. Do you think that, but do you think that Ben would have gotten the same analysis? That's all I'm asking. I'm not trying to stir the pot. I, just a general question. From an NFL veteran like James Ferrier, probably. Okay. I, I, do, I, I just think that's the NFL player in him. I, I just think that's the seasoned veteran saying, hey, like, Right now, you're a third-string quarterback. You're behind Trubisky. You're behind Rudolph. It is what it is. It's just a pecking order right now. A lot of those guys are very adamant on, especially rookies, especially rookie quarterbacks, earning their way into the starting position. Like, nothing should be handed to anybody in their eyes, and I agree with them. True. True. I don't don't disagree. You know, I think any – I'm not going to say it. I, I'm like I said, like I've been saying, I'm trying to not be a jerk on this podcast. Oh, for sure. I'm trying to, you know, aim shout back. Out to Benny. Shout out to Benny Snell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have been calling me out about if Mason Rudolph ever watched the show, he'd probably try to fight me in the locker room. You know, probably. it is what it is. But you know, that's why I'm going to pull back my comments on Mason and we're going to we're gonna move forward a little bit. All right. Before we head out of here. We got about a month, 21 days, 21 days until players report to training camp at St. Vincent College. Plenty of time for things to happen. The question is what? Got 21 days, three three weeks exactly. What do you expect the Steelers' biggest headline to be in the next, like I said, three weeks? I expect it to be somewhere positioned around like the, the quarterback competition uh you would hope so even though i think hasn't hasn't there been like a bunch of reports of trubisky kind of walking into training camp as the quarterback one and then it's going to take a lot for pickett to dethrone him yeah according to canada 
the plan for at least the time being is Trubisky is the one yeah. until proven otherwise. So I get it. Um, but I mean, you have a first round quarterback in Pittsburgh for the first time in a very long time. Um, so there's going to be expectations, like, and regardless if he's with the first, second or third string, like he's going to have to make plays and all eyes are going to be him and Latrobe. And, um, I think it'll be a very good kind of welcoming for Kenny Pickett at the NFL level. Cause I don't think Steelers training camp is a lot like other training camps. I've been to the training camp out here with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, both as a fan and just like covering the team last year. Latrobe's different, bro. Like Steeler fans in Latrobe, like it's a whole different level of just like passion and like admiration for those guys. So hopefully he takes everything in stride. I'm sure there might be a little bit of rookie hazing, super common in the NFL whenever it comes to training camp. So I hope it for some good stories for you to come out of that whenever you talk to those guys. But uh, quarterback, uh, not even controversy, but it's just like competition. What Kenny Pickett looks like is definitely my pick for the storyline to emerge. But I would not be upset if we heard very, very good things about the offensive line, because I think that will ultimately determine whether or not the Steelers are going to be a wild card team or it's just like a middle of the road team. All righty. I like them both. All right, Jeff. I like that, Jeff. I like that, Jeff. Um, so those are definitely the highlights of camp. I would say before camp, what we're looking for, biggest headlines, Chris Boswell's got to get signed. I think that'll happen relatively soon. I think it'll happen closer to the return of camp because players will start coming back to Pittsburgh. Then they'll start negotiating. Um, and I don't think that negotiation is going to – like if you're Chris Boswell, you're walking into Rooney's office or Omar Khan's office and just being like, what's up, man? And Omar's going to be like $4.5 million. And he'd be like, yep, sounds good to me. Have a good one. And you're going to leave because yep. that's what you're worth. That's what they know you're worth. Move on. Take it. Um, I can also see a couple of other things starting to emerge, but nothing significant. I could see reports of outside linebackers starting to hit as we get closer to camp. There's not going to be the cut date. And like, I get the cut date. Like if you're going to wait and just sign a superstar that gets dropped from a team, I understand that. But I think that the list that's out there right now is still pretty substantial and a list that you could pick somebody off of. And it could be a pretty good power move. I don't like Derek Tushka going in there as the number two or number three outside of Jannard Avery, who hasn't practiced yet. So I think that we'll start to see a heat up in those, I will say, rumors heading in. Um, And then I think at some point it will come out that Deontay Johnson's time in Pittsburgh will end after the season. I think that. Interesting. I think that will happen. I don't think that negotiations are going to go well. I think that – I don't know if it's going to be super serious, but I think that at some point you'll get you'll get somebody, whether it's a Schefter or you know a Fowler or whoever, saying that the Steelers are not close to Deontay's number. It just is what it is, you know? But the really quick, the amount of sources that Schefter has is absolutely wild. Because I remember you telling me a couple of stories about how like journalists are not allowed to tweet anything about what yeah. happened at like Steelers practice. And then you go and look at your phone at him. Schefter tweeted about a certain player having yeah, something happen in practice. Ten seconds into practice that Juju wasn't practicing. And I was like, Well, we all know that, but this practice just started. How did you know this? 
I, Dude, I, just, I, I was at a Cardinals practice last year, and like something happened with one of the players, and then like we all walked back inside to the media room. Schefter had already tweeted about it. I don't know. I don't understand how he does it. Cannot explain it. No, nah, me neither. Me neither. But I've heard that's a difficult life, and you know what I'm all about. But we'll chill on missing parties, and I've heard crazy stories about Schefter. All right, there's a. Uh, Questionnaire state of the Steelers. Do y'all think next year Chase has a higher chance of getting a deal if Deontay walks, similar to A.B. getting a bag over Wallace? No, I don't. I think that Deontay not getting a bag, not getting a deal, could be because of Chase Claypool. But I don't think that it has anything to do with what Chase Claypool has already done. I think if Chase Claypool has a fantastic season this season, I look at it like this. If you don't sign Deontay Johnson this offseason, this summer, you'd never sign Deontay Johnson. He's He's gone because his market value next year is going to be huge. And no matter what you do, and I saw somebody in the comments earlier say place a tender on him – even if you do that, a team's going to sign him, and you're going to—they're going to sign him for a lot of money. His market value is going to go crazy through the roof. Chase Claypool is a risk this season because you don't know how good he's going to be, or if he's just going to stay the same. And he's not worth the money if he stays the same. Year two to year three could be a big jump. We don't know, but I think that this season depends on Chase, and I guess Deontay's depends on Chase a little bit, but. I think that's a risk. I don't know if the Steelers are, are willing to take that risk. Yeah, I don't think they have to like coincide with each other. Like, I, I don't think if one player gets paid, the other doesn't. You know, I think they're two separate scenarios and two separate cases. Although um, Deontay leaving is probably contingent on Chase Claypool and the potential emergence from him. Um, but like at the end of the day, like just because they don't pay Deontay Johnson does not mean they're going to hand the bag over to Chase Claypool. No, I don't think so. No, definitely not. I like you said, they could replace if they if they're willing to replace Deontay, they're easily willing to replace Chase. And for sure. Chase is easier to as crazy as it sounds, Chase is easier to replace than Deontay Johnson. Easy. Especially in today's age. There's a lot of big receivers that are just crazy, crazy physically equipped. And you could build them. And I think Chase was the beginning of that, but he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't panned out. Um, you, and just to touch on Jeff's comment here, you have to pay two wide receivers, 15 to 20 million Steelers don't pay wide receivers. They would never at that point. That's basically taking on a quarterback contract without a quarterback with a position that doesn't win Super Bowls. doesn't make any sense. So they would never, they wouldn't even think about it. You know, they would, if, if Deontay gets the bag, chase is gone. If Deontay doesn't get the bag, chase might stay. We'll see. We'll see. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcast. As always, go check out Manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping with our code All Steelers. We appreciate you. We'll be back on Thursday. Peace.